it's been an exciting series to go through uh, the best is yet to come and the whole idea, the whole concept, some of the things were mentioned in the video, but that idea that the best is yet to come is not hype. That um, hype is only hype if there's no there, there. Um, but there's no Jesus in there. There's, there's an empty tomb. So the fact that Jesus uh, claimed to be God, healed people, um, died on the cross, people saw it, and then they saw him raised from the dead and, and, and live out everything that he claimed to be, um, God turns dead things into life. He conquered sin. He conquered death. And the best is yet to come for you and I, not based on our circumstances, not based on how good we are or how bad we are. It's all based on Jesus. That we have hope, no matter what, in the fact that we serve a risen Savior. And so, um, that's been kind of the main thrust of the whole series, is that we've had junk thrown our way in life. But God can and does want to use that for His purposes, for our good, um, and, and, and use us in a powerful way, not only to change our lives, but those around us. I want to read you a, a scripture today, starting in Matthew chapter 20. It's going to be on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 20. And as we uh, get ready to read out of verse 24, I want to kind of set the scene. The disciples are all together. There's 12 disciples. They're all together. They're at a meal. Two of the disciples are brothers, James and John. They're all at this meal together, and Mama's there. James and John's mom is there. If you read in, in, a little bit ahead of where, where we're going to jump in, the Mama goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I know you're God, I know you're Messiah. When you, when you take up your throne, can my boys, can they, like, I know you're going to be on the throne, but can they be, like, right next to you? It's almost like, hey, Super Bowl is going to be happening tonight. And I know after the Super Bowl, they're going to have the TV and everything. We're going to have that one little special podium. You know, can my boys be on the podium? And what I love about the Bible is it doesn't hesitate to kind of show the, the tension and, and the conflict. Um, they're like, hey, we haven't even played the game yet. And you're trying to get up on the, on the podium? It says in verse 24, it says, When the ten others heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. They're hot. <laughs> they come at these guys, and Jesus called them together. Time out, guys. Huddle, team huddle. Let's get together. He says, You know the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. You, you know how the world works. Not so with you. In other translations, I like it. It says, And among you it will be different. God's kingdom is going to operate different than how, how we see power and authority used naturally here on earth. He says instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Whoever wants to be great must be a slave. You want to be first in life in God's economy and God's kingdom, he says, you need to be last. Tonight, anybody want to watch the Super Bowl? Yes? Patriots? 
is if we reach Los Alamos, that means we reach the lab, and if we reach the lab because of this unique position, we reach the world. And I'm not, I'm not about a numbers game. You're like, oh, well, we're just trying to reach more people. And get... The disciples, Jesus gave them a mission. And it wasn't just a, a small mission. It was to go and reach the world. Our mission as Freedom Church has not changed in 2,000 years. It is to go and reach the world. Every person at that lab, they have a name. Every name has a story, and every story matters tremendously to God. In the first week of this series, we talked about that God can. And at the end of the message on, on week one, everybody got a card. Actually, got two cards. And it was like, if people put in cards in the, in the God can can, you see it right there. This is what I'm believing God can do in my life. God, I need you to help with my marriage. People write and say, I need help with a job. People write and say, I need help with my kids. People write it in, and it, it, it wasn't just about us. It was like, hey, I need you. God, you can do a work in other people's lives. I want to see you impact my coworker, my neighbor, my family, save them. They, every card that was submitted had a name, represented somebody, some human on this earth that God loved. They have a story, and those stories matter tremendously to God. God wants us to reach the world. Say, how are you going to do that? One story at a time. I've invited uh, Brian Key. He's going to come up and, and, and share with us. Brian, um, his, he's, he's, his story this past year has impacted my life and I just I wanted to have him come and share a little bit uh, with with us about his story and how it matters to God and how God has given him some next steps to to, to share with us so would you guys welcome Brian as he comes and share with us so uh, Pastor Mike asked me to give a testimony and the first thing I told Master Mike, I said, well, I don't have a testimony like a lot of testimonies you hear. You know, someone gets up there and talks about a testimony, and you know, they were pulled out of a burning car, and they saw Jesus, and, you know, it's this amazing story. And I don't have, a, I don't have an amazing story. The predicament is that we all brought sin into this world, and the resolution is Jesus. The, the, the naturalistic or... or Naturalism point of view, maybe something different. Someone may believe that the origin is evolution, and their predicament is is all the suffering and evil they see in the world. But where everything kind of falls apart is the resolution. What's the resolution to all that? The resolution is is self reliance, is trying to deal with it yourself. There isn't a savior there for for people who have that worldview. So my testimony comes from a worldview of, of those three things, the origin, prediction, and resolution, and Jesus being that resolution. And so this summer, or, or this year, um, I lost three members of my family. I lost my grandmother, I lost my uncle, and I lost my brother. Um, my, my grandmother served God and went to heaven. My uncle struggled through the death of his spouse and eventually passed away. 
and my brother succumbed to alcoholism and committed suicide. So then, my father couldn't handle that, and so he started drinking. And so that's the current predicament I have, is I have a family that's struggling with alcoholism. But I'm comforted in knowing two things. One is in Ecclesiastes. It says that uh, we don't know the path of the wind. We don't know how a baby is made in the womb. So how can we understand the works of God who's created everything? And he says that, and he makes you kind of thinking, well, how can we understand everything that's happening to us? Because all of us have probably lost so many. We've lost mothers and fathers, siblings, aunts, uncles, sons and daughters. Um, but there's hope, and the hope comes from the classic verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. And it's boiled down to about four words. God has plans. Those plans are to prosper and not to harm. So even though we don't understand God's works, we don't understand what the path is, there's a plan, and that plan is to prosper. So my testimony today is that I challenge everyone to look at their worldview. I believe most people who are here, they, they have a worldview of something, an origin, a predicament, and a resolution. And I challenge you that if you're struggling with that resolution, how do, how do we deal with all this evil and suffering and sin in this world? To look upon Jesus. Right. This uh, <clears throat> past year I've been in a small group with Keys, and uh, there was one night back in the, in the fall, Gina you know, was there, uh, the dispensers were uh, there too. Um, Rita and I were just kind of sharing some of our, our vision for what God's been working on our life. And there was a lot of unknown, a lot of uncertainty there. And in the middle of that group, uh, these guys just said, Stop. And you guys came over and you huddled around Rita and I, and you just prayed for us and what God would, we felt like God was calling us to do and starting the church and creating church. Um, that was a marker in my life, guys. And, and Rita and I, we, that was a God moment where they just laid hands on us and it was just like God just washing over us saying, Go. And take that next step. Um, it's kind of where I want to lead in to uh, the rest of our, our talk this morning. Um, there was another guy in, in scripture. He wasn't one of the original disciples, but he uh, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. His name is, is Paul. But he has he ha- his name wasn't always Paul. He had everyone has a name. His name was Paul. But before he was a Christian, it was Saul, and Saul had a story. His story was he was a Pharisee, which means he was like the Jewish religious leader, the leader of leaders. If you were a Pharisee, you had like the first five books of the Bible memorized, probably way more, and they were the cream of the crop, the top of the best. Well, when Christianity came about, Paul's mission was to stop it. He he went door to door arresting people, torturing people, tearing families apart, murdering people. When you read Acts chapter 7 and you see that Stephen, who was the first Christian martyr, says Paul stood there giving his full approval. He was Christianity's greatest enemy. Yet he wrote a good chunk of the New Testament. He became one of its greatest evangelists. Talk about 
going from a scale of like a negative 10 to like 8, 9, 10, he had a lot of steps to take. And God totally transformed him. One of our core values is growing people change. That there, if you are in a relationship with God, you He will work on you and work on you and work on you to change you for the better. Paul had a name. Paul had a story. And Paul's story mattered to God. Who, in those early days, would be the best candidate to, to go and reach other people for Christ. Now, you wouldn't maybe pick Saul from the start, but if Saul, the greatest enemy of Christianity, gets converted, and then he becomes his greatest evangelist, oh my gosh, this guy killed Christians. Tore apart families. Tortured people. Put them in prison. That was his life mission. And now he's preaching Jesus? What happened, man? What is going on? It got people... To, and this guy was one of the leaders so devoted and so sold out to the Christ. He changed the world. His story mattered to God because in many ways it was a setup. And that's the same thing for you and I. We have things that we are ashamed of, things that we have done, things that have happened to us, and I just fully believe in my heart that if we allow God to use those things and say, God, my life is now yours, He can, and many times wants to use those things to help other people around us. Saul's story matters enough. You have a story. You have a story. Your story matters tremendously to God. Uh, Acts chapter 20 it contains a verse that is like a it's like a life verse to me. It is one of those if you want to get a tattoo of it, get a tattoo. I don't have any tattoos, I'm not against tattoos, but if you have to get a tattoo of a verse, um, what we're gonna go over today might be um, a good one. I'm not saying go get a tattoo. <laughs> we got some teenagers in the room, so parents are giving me that kind of Paul is meeting with some Ephesian leaders, the church in the, uh, in, the, in the town of Ephesus. He's meeting with them because he's basically saying, hey guys, I'm headed on to Jerusalem, but um, I'm probably not going to see you guys again. So he gives them some party words of a farewell. And in verse 22, he has a whole speech. I'm just going to read three verses, and there's three things out of here that I want you to be able to see on how God can um, and wants to use your story to change the world. Starting in verse 22, Paul says, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God, the good news of Jesus Christ. Three things I want to look at in this scripture. Two of them are kind of like expectations that you can have on this journey as you take your next steps. And the last one is more of a, an attitude uh, that we need to take on. The first one is bound by the Spirit. And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. In the Greek, it is Deo Numa. Deo Numa. Numa means spirit. 
And Deo means bound. Now, we are Freedom Church, and so pretty much um, we want you to not be bound. We want you to be unchained and, and free as you live. But if you're going to be bound by the Holy Spirit, that's fine. We don't want you to get drunk. But if you're going to be drunk on the Holy Spirit, that's fine. We don't want you to get high, but if, I think you get the idea. <laughs> if you're going to be bound, being bound up by God is a good thing. This is, he said, I am compelled. I am bound. I, it's like, I know that I know that I'm supposed to go to Jerusalem. I have a choice, but I don't really have a choice. It's like when you walk into the mall or to the airport, and you're walking along, and then that smell comes. And it's like this gravitational pull to Cinnabon that you have to go. Or for me, I don't know why this is. It's not so much a smell. But when I walk into Smith's up here in Los Alamos, there's that Clarence rack in the back left. All I want to do is go get some bananas. But I'm like, I've got to find out what deal. Yes, I see you guys are pointed in. What is the deal back there? Because I might find some Keurig. K-Cups on sale for $2.99. I don't know. I have to go on that. Paul was bound by the Spirit to go. You say, how, how do I get this Deo Numa? How do I get this? Because I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what my next step is. And that's okay. The answer, the answer will be to seek God. If you don't know what he wants you to do, ask him. And just see what he says. Now the problem that we have with that, why don't we ask God for what that next step is? For a lot of us, we're afraid of what he's going to say. In the sense that it's like, hey, I know what I've been thinking in my brain. I know what I've done. And it's not good. I'm not happy with myself right now. And so I know if I'm not happy with myself right now, God's really not happy with me. So if I go to him, he's going to be angry, he's going to be upset, and he's just going to lash out. That's not who God is. It's not for God so hated the world that he wanted to beat everyone up and tell them how bad they were. If you have the right attitude and you seek him and say, hey, I've screwed up, guess what? He'll throw a party for you, he'll put a robe on you, he'll, put a, he'll, he'll get a filet mignon, and he'll say, everybody, let's party together. It's in the Bible. Read it. Luke 15. He loves us. We overestimate how angry God is with us, so we don't seek Him when we underestimate His purpose for our life. Deo Numa. I have this purpose for my life. Second thing. Certain uncertainty. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say certain uncertainty. I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me. You heard Brian say, I, these things have happened. I don't know what's going what's gonna to come. I just trust that God's in there. God's vision for your life will always require an element of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. There's always going to be an element of, I don't know. I'm not sure. What's it going to be like? Here, here's, here's what I do. Well, God, why don't you just tell me when? Why don't you tell me how? Why don't you tell me why? I'm waiting for an explanation. And the whole time I'm just sitting. Come on, God, tell me why, tell me how, tell me when, where. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm waiting. 
And God's just saying, I, I called you to move forward, to get up and go. You're not going to know all the, the details. And in fact, you're going to, I want the details. And, and, and God will reply in his best Jack Nicholson voice, you can't handle the details. <laughs> if you knew all the details, you'd run. Trust, trust is not knowing all the details. It's not having all the explanation. Trust in God is saying, whatever is ahead, I trust that God is in control. Paul says, I don't know what awaits me. And if you read the next thing, he says, except for pain and suffering is ahead. It doesn't look good uh, from an earthly standpoint. But I trust that God is in control. Deo Numa. That's all I need, baby. I have a Deo Numa from God. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how. I don't know why. But I'm going to trust that God's in control. I'm going to take that step of faith. In the, in the midst of all that uncertainty, I'm going to get up out of my chair, and I'm going to trust God and move forward. That's where God, this is where God gets to show off. Because the whole time, you're going to be like, I don't know how that happened. I don't know. I just know I did it, and then God showed up. And God did some amazing things. And he just wants to show off in your life. God's like a show, he's like a show off. And it's really cool. Uh, Psalm 119 says this, Your word is a lamp to my, to my feet and a light for my path. You're not, going to see, you're not going to see more than one, maybe two steps. Very rarely will he show you the whole picture. It's always going to require faith. And then number three, the third thing, selfless, selfless passion. This is where you don't just, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm go from being, well, I'm just kind of different, I'm a Christian, or I'm just making a difference in someone's life, or just having an impact. This type of selfless passion that he talks about here, this is where you affect a community. This is where world changers come from. This is the type of attitude where history makers come from is this type of selfless passion that he talks about. He says, I don't know what's ahead, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering are ahead. But, here it is, here it is, this is a tattoo. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. The world's, Christianity's greatest enemy, saying, my, my life is worth nothing to me unless I go and tell other people about Jesus. Do you, do you think that Paul ever struggled with his past? If you read his letters, it creeps up in there of what he had done and the things that he struggled with. Despite his past, God still wanted to use him in a powerful way. Despite what was going to happen in the future, pain and suffering is ahead. God said, go. I'm calling you. You have a mission. It's time. Now is the time. You have a mission. God loves you. He has a passion for you. You have a purpose. And he's saying, now is the time to go ahead and move. My life is worth nothing to me unless I do what God has called me to do. This is not a Christianity 
that I believe in the gospel enough to benefit from it. Mm, it's good. I like it. It helps me out. This is not a Christianity. It says, well, I believe in it enough that I'll, I will contribute comfortably. I'll serve a little. I'll give a little. This is a Christianity that says, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the gospel, the church. And I give everything to it. My life is worth nothing. Romans 1.1, Paul writes to the church in Rome, one of his letters. And he says, he says in, in, in Romans 1.1, he says, This letter is from Paul, a slave to Christ Jesus. There you see that, that greatness in God's eyes. I am a slave to Christ Jesus. Suffering lied ahead for him. He goes on to say in Rome, in Romans 8, 18, he says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. The best is yet to come. What we face now is nothing in comparison to what God has in store for us. And he says, later on in that chapter, 828, and God, and we know God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. God has a purpose for your life. Are you living that life out? Everybody has a name. Everybody has a story. Your story matters tremendously to God. He wants to work all things together, even the bad, to say the best is yet to come. So what about you? Where are you on that scale? What would it take for you to take one step of faith? Say, I don't know what's ahead. I don't know how. I don't know why. But... I'm going to take that next step of faith. Maybe maybe your next step of faith right now is to say, you know what, I'm going to continue to check out Freedom Church. This is a good place. God's speaking to me, and I'm going to continue to check it out. That's, if that's your next step, fantastic. Maybe your next step is like, you know what, um, I, it's baby steps. I'm not going to like, oh, I'm going to read the Bible for an hour every day. All, you know. Maybe it's just like, I'm going to find my Bible. <laughs> and this week, after I find my Bible, I'm going to read it. I'm going to open it, and I'm going to read it. If that's your next step, we want to celebrate that. If, you're, if your next step is to, to come and, and to, to, to be more involved, to serve, or to get into a small group where I can connect, or you can have people pray, or you can have little marker moments in your life like I was given, Rita and I were given through our small groups this last year. Be bold. Be bold and devoted like these guys were to say, my life is worth nothing unless I accomplish the mission that God has given me. Paul had a name. Paul had a story. It mattered to God. God knows your name. He knows your story. Every story matters to God. Freedom Church. Freedom Church. You don't get to rewrite your story, but we get to work on its ending. And I feel like our story, and for many of us, is actually just beginning. I feel like it's we're just 
getting started. I really, truly believe the best is yet to come. Not based on how good we are, not based on anything we've done, but because of how good God is. He has a calling on your life. He wants to use you to change the world. Let's bow our heads and let's pray.